If you want to master your body and master your press handstand, we're currently accepting new clients. Head over to www.theaustinacademy.com slash apply. Again, that's www.theaustinacademy.com slash apply. What's up, you guys? It's Brian Aganod. And I wanted to start the show by saying I am just getting over a nasty flu. I don't know what happened to me. I was first time I've been sick and I can't remember in years now. And it just completely knocked me out. So I've been under the weather for the last like few days, three, three, four, five days, realistically. So if I don't sound myself or I'm coughing or like sniffling on the episode today, I apologize. It's just, I'm coming, I'm now coming back from the dead. And I figured that now that I am coming back from the dead, the depths of the, this flu, so to speak, I would record a podcast episode. Now, today's show is Specifically, I want to talk about three things that you are probably doing wrong in your training, in your press handstand training that you may or may not realize. And this episode is geared towards people who are both brand new to training, but also more advanced in their training and have found a way to maybe make some progress, but then get stuck or you started out of the gates real fast and everything was going well and then it just stopped. So what I want to share with you is three things that I see, especially when I bring on new clients, the things that I see them doing wrong that immediately help to catapult their progress and to correct those types of things. So I want to get into those three things today. Number one, the first thing, and this is one that I say a lot, but it's one that's worth repeating because I get this a ton. So the first one is focusing on drills instead of focusing on what your body needs. So I want to bring this up first because what happens, so this is something I get more than anything, right? People always message me on social media. I get emails from people all the time. They're, they always like send me drills and it's not, it's almost like borderline annoying to me at this point because I say it so much, but I want to just keep saying it. So it gets out there is they always send me this. They say, you know, they send me like a link to a YouTube video and it's like, Hey, what about this drill? What do you think about this drill for, for press Hansen? Do you think this is an effective do you think this is an effective drill? Or I'll get another, or I'll get like the other day, I got a DM on Instagram. Someone someone sent me something and they were like, I, I've been doing this drill, it's not working. Do you have any other drills that you recommend that I do to help get my press handstand? The reason, the, the reason I bring this one up first is because there's a trap that people tend to fall into in their training and press handstand. Like when you're first starting, it's very easy to you can dig around and be like, there's this drill, there's this drill, and there's this drill that you found on the internet somewhere on some social media platform somewhere. And I'm going to try it. And then you feel like you do it. And maybe you do get a little bit stronger, right? And that's fine. And you will build strength when you're starting. And there's a lot of drills that are effective for building strength. But after a certain point in time, there becomes a there, there becomes like a threshold where it's not just strength anymore that you are having to deal with to get to the next level, what you're actually having to deal with is it's a proprioception thing. And it is now, okay, so it's a patterning thing. And then all of a sudden, all of these drills tend to just fall apart. They're just not effective, right? And so what you have to do is, what you have to do is get to a point where you understand 
what specifically your body needs, right? So you're training, you're optimizing for your anatomy instead of optimizing for drills, right? So it's a very easy thing to, it's a very easy thing to make the improvements once you understand what's going on in your body and what it is that you need. But from my perspective, what I see, like I'll, if I send out an email, for example, to my following about press handstand, people love to respond with video. They love to respond with just videos here. What do you think of this? Can you rate this specific exercise that you saw? And I saw this here. I saw this here. What do you think of it? It's always the same thing. Like people continuously are looking for just what is one magic drill that it's going to, that's going to do it. And it's never one drill that does it. Like I said, it's taking the time to understand your anatomy. And that's why, for example, like a lot of our clients, a really high percentage of them, I don't know, but I would say over 80% for sure. It's really simple to make drastic changes in their practice quickly because we immediately just go into their anatomy, right? It's like, it doesn't really matter what their training history is. It doesn't really matter the drills and things they've been doing. We just have a very simple assessment where we look at how they move. We have a whole chart of anatomy that kind of goes through and we like to rate these types of things, but we just look at how they're, we just look at how they move and the way they move currently is immediately the, we can see immediately where the deficiencies are and what they actually have to be working on. And then lo and behold, like a lot of our clients, what they end up realizing after that first point, that first part is, oh, it's just, yeah, I was, of course, the drills have nothing to do with what my actual problems are. So I can see why it's not working. And so that's a really important thing to understand is from an anatomical perspective, you got to just get into it and you got to get into it and you have to understand what goes on in your body, right? And that's real great if you want to learn it and you want to go through the process of of learning anatomy. It's, if you're not an expert in it, obviously it'll take some time to go through and do it. Or again, if you want to just work with us, that's one of the things that we do. You can work with us. We'll show you the plan right away. We'll show you the deficiencies right away and get you on the right path. So that's the first point, right? That's point number one, which is focusing on drills over focusing on your anatomy, right? Over focusing on drills to sum up number one, over focusing on drills is going to get you eventually to plateau and drills are not customized for your body in any way, shape or form. So it's like throwing darts in the dark, or as they say, finding a needle in the haystack. All right. So number two, prioritizing strength over mobility. Okay. So let's go into this one. A lot of what happens is, and this is, so this there's two scenarios in this. So I'm going to go over the scenario for someone who is new, brand new to press handstand and someone who is more experienced. They've trained longer, but they're stuck, right? So what happens is that we tend to, we tend to prioritize strength because we believe that strength is what we need more of in order to overcome our plateau. But because that's the common narrative, if you dig around the internet, you look, you, you look around like on YouTube, it's all focused on strength building, right? It's all, or it's all focused on how can I build more strength, right? So that's what it is. And oftentimes there's, 
in anything. It's really fascinating how the internet creates narratives for us in in everything, right? It's not, it, it, whether it's the news, whether it's our training, there becomes like a predominant narrative and the narrative of press hands and his strength, or if it's business building, it's if you want to build an online business, for example, there's a narrative on the internet of how to do it. If you want to build like an Amazon drop shipping business, there's narratives for that, right? There's narratives for everything that tend to become common knowledge or consensus. And it's the thing with them is oftentimes it's, they're not always correct, And what I've learned is that oftentimes when things are given away for free, when plans are given away for free, they're often not the right ones or they're no longer effective, right? So I've seen how that tends to affect people in their press handstand training, which is they start to believe things that aren't true. And it's, you get on that strength building narrative, which is I must keep building strength. I must keep building strength. I must keep building strength. And if you've been training for a while, the strength building isn't exactly the, it's not the end all be all that it's made out to be. In fact, it's actually more of a hindrance when in reality, there are things that could be holding you back that you don't even realize. And a lot of press handstand is technical and patterns and pattern recognition via the brain. And so you have to get to a point where you are saying you, you're, you have to get to a point where you realize, okay, I have to work on things that help me move. I have to get to a point where I'm focusing on something that's helping me move through space. That's helping my, my, it's helping my, my, my body to be freer and not as stiff because whenever one of my philosophies is that if you ever build strength, if you're ever building strength at the expense of mobility, it's a net functional strength loss, which means you may build some raw strength, but if you're sacrificing mobility in order to build that raw strength, you are not, you're not building more functional strength. You're losing it, right? In press handstand, the problem is that you need mobility in a lot of different areas. You need mobility in the QLs. You need mobility in the shoulders, right? You need mobility in the hamstrings. You need mobility in hip flexors. There's all sorts of different areas that you need to build mobility in. And if you don't understand the importance of mobility, you'll continue to focus on strength. And so one of the big issues, I think one of the, one of the the biggest issues is that, for example, stacking the hips over your shoulders, getting that, being able to get that nice straight lines that you have the leverage to lift largely requires your QL muscles to be able to function correctly, right? They're lengthening. And so that's actually what happens in the press. Like, again, if you're newer, if you're newer, one of the to press handstand, one of the key mechanics, one of the key mechanics is your QL muscles have to be able to lengthen enough to get the hips over the shoulders. And I should let me actually just preface this for a second. So the QL muscles are some of your lower back muscles. They connect the top of the pelvis to the bottom of the rib cage. And there's a gap between your pelvis and your ribs. And so As you shift forward, one of the things that has to happen in addition to you, in addition to you being able 
to have the hamstring mobility to get your hands on the floor. But in order to get your hips over the shoulders, one of the things that happens is that your QL muscles are actually lengthening while you do that to create a little extra space, right? That's how you create a gap or a dis- more distance between your pelvis and your rib cage. That is why in turn, when you are, if your lower back is tight, the QL muscles are doing the opposite. They're contracting when you're shifting. And so when you're contracting, when the muscles are contracting while you're shifting, they're actually pulling your hips back down towards your rib cage instead of away. So it's shortening and it's pulling your hips down instead of up in the exact direction that you want to go. So you're fighting against yourself and it makes it nearly impossible. So over strength training, and especially if you're over strength training, the arms and shoulders leads to tighter QL. So if you aren't, if that's not even on your radar, you're going to have a really hard time doing that. So I'm not going to get into all the different mechanics of how mobility works in this show, but what I do want to do is now shift and talk about this for beginners in that, yeah, if you're starting, you probably are going to have to build strength, right? You're going to have to build strength in the body. You're going to have, there's a baseline level of strength that you have to have, but here's the reality is that the strength is the easiest part to build. It's the easiest part of the whole process. So don't make strength building the cornerstone of don't make strength building the cornerstone of your entire training for very long, but realize like, even if you are just starting, yes, you need strength. And yes, it's always good to build strength. I'm not saying don't build strength, but what I'm saying is don't accidentally make it the number one thing that you're focusing on. Realize, have your eye on the bigger picture, which is a press handstand is also requires movement patterns, technicality, and mobility so that you can freely move through space, right? So think of, I I like to use this analogy of the barbell and the toothbrush in that press handstand is less bench pressing a barbell, meaning when you're bench pressing, what do you do? You just add more weight, right? It's all about building raw strength. You just press the barbell up and down. And as you get stronger, you add more weight. Now, so you say to yourself, if I can't, if I can only bench press hundred pounds and I want to bench press 200 pounds, I have to get stronger in order to bench press 200 pounds. Now with the toothbrush, for example, like if you're brushing your teeth, when you're learning to brush your teeth, you don't say to yourself, I need more strength in my shoulders in order to get the toothbrush to move. It's you don't, you have to learn the technique, right? You have to learn the technique in the body to brush your teeth. You don't need more strength to brush your teeth. You have to learn the technique. And I guess a good way to do it is try and brush your teeth with your opposite hand, with the opposite hand. And you realize that by brushing my teeth, with the opposite hand, there's some technique I have to learn. It's not more strength. It's not like your, your off arm is weaker than your main arm for brushing your teeth. It's just, you got to learn the technique that goes with it. And that's the analogy for handstand. So number three, and the final thing is now focusing on smaller muscles over larger muscles. So people tend to, it's funny because People tend to impress handstand focus on there. There's like an over-focus on the shoulders. There's an over-focus on the arms. There's an over-focus on these littler muscles that are even like the wrists when someone might have wrist problems or something, something along those lines. There's always an over-focus on what to do for those things specifically, but it's not a, the, that those are, what's a good way to put it? 
those things are not problems. They're symptoms of bigger problems. And in the body, larger muscles support the smaller muscles. So if your smaller muscles are having problems, it's because the larger muscles supporting them are having problems. And so if you want to correct the problems of the smaller muscles, you have to correct the problems of the larger muscles, right? Everything works in like a cascading, in a cascading motion or an arrangement, I guess you should say, I could say, I don't know. I don't know the exact word, but think about it like this, right? Think of the pyramid in terms of being important here. You've got your TVA, which is your core. Your TVA supports your larger muscles. Your larger muscles support your smaller muscles. Your smaller muscles support the bones and the joints, right? That's the cascade. That's the way it works. So if you have wrist problems, for example, doing like wrist stretches and wrist things, like learning all these things. Like when people have wrist problems, they say, can you give me like 10 different wrist stretches to do? And the thing is you don't need, if you have wrist problems, you don't need 10 different wrist stretches. You need one good one. And then you have to address the problem and the reason why your hips, I mean your hips, your wrists are hurting to begin with. And that's because there's a function there's something, it's a function of, there's some kind of deficiency in your larger muscles, or there's some dysfunction in your larger muscles that are creating those issues in your joints. So it, again, it's a cascade, the core, the TVA, and the core, by the way, is not technically just, the core is not technically just the TVA. I use them interchangeably for simplicity, but the core is actually all the muscles on your torso. Anyway, the TVA supports the larger muscles, the larger muscles support the smaller muscles, the smaller muscles support the bones and the joints. That's the order. So whenever you have a problem somewhere in your body, in the smaller muscles, arms, shoulders, wrist, hands, feet, knees, these kinds of things, it's a problem. It's a dysfunction with the larger muscles to begin with. So you have to go back and look at those things. So if you can get just those things, if you can get those things under your belt or just start to think about those things, that's going to make a big difference in your, it's going to make a big difference in your training. And it's definitely going to make a big difference in your progress because now you're actually dialing, now you're actually dialing in the very specific things that you need in order to get over the line or get oh, jump over that hurdle that you've been stuck in your training. All right, so that's all I've got for you on today's show. Again, if you do want to work with us, we are currently accepting new clients. Head over to www.theaustinacademy.com slash apply. Again, that's www.theaustinacademy.com slash apply. Have a good rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon.